If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. If you do read it, you're misinformed. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do? That's the great question. <laughs> what is the long-term effect of too much information? Hola, and welcome back to the Wine Jars and X podcast. I am Dio. I'm Gene. I am Mac. All right. Let's go, let's start an, with an epigraph. I always forget that we have epigraphs. That's my thing now. We just forget to do them. All right. This is my favorite one, by the way. All men dream, but not equally. Those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake in the day to find that it was vanity. But the dreamers of the day are dangerous men, for they may act their dreams with open eyes to make it possible. Lawrence of Arabia. So... Obviously, the topic is dreams, but specifically oneromancy. It's a very, very niche topic. And um, if you remember, if, you, if you're a longtime fan or listener, since uh, episode one, Genesis and Moonlight, we have spoken about dreams and dreams being an integral part. Um, let's explain what oneromancy is. And specifically, this episode is going to be about the introduction to oneromancy and just kind of dream stuff in general different aspects so including you know people who are into lucid dreaming people are into all this psychonaut stuff um people are into um some occult stuff so oneromancy is a prophetic divination from dreams uh by the way oneromancy ties in with cynicism so and kinicism so all you people who are really into that um want to know how this is relevant to that it the, the most relevant part is Apollo because Apollo is a god of knowledge and music, but also the god of prophecy. Again, the the founding fathers of Stoic, of um, cynicism are, you know, um, Socrates, Diogenes, and the first Stoic, who was a cynic, Zeno of Sidium, was also consult, who could, he consulted a, an oracle, the oracle of Delphi at the uh, Temple of Apollo. So this is how it's relevant. So in case you wanted to know that. Oneromancy. So let's explain what it is according to Britannica. Prophetic divination from dreams. Considered divine act in most ancient cultures and surviving to modern times in certain folk traditions. Oneromancy is based on the belief that dreams are messages sent to the soul by God or the dead. Most often as warnings in the highly developed oneromancy of ancient Greece, Egypt, and Babylonia, the class of diviners or seers responsible for dream interpretation often had great political and social influence. The best-known instance of oneromancy preserved in ancient literature is the biblical account of the Pharaoh's dream of the seven fat and seven lean cows, explained by Joseph as foretelling years of plenty to be followed by years of famine. Let's talk about an oneragon. An oneragon from the Greek oneros, meaning dreams and gen to create, is what is that which produces or enhances dreamlike states of consciousness. This is characterized by an immersive dream state similar to REM, which can range from realistic to alien or abstract. Many dream-enhancing plants, such as dream herb, Kalea Zakatechichi, an African dream herb, and Tadaredi, as well as the hallucinogen diviner Sage Salvia, 
divinorum have been used for thousands of years in the form of divination through dreams called oneromancy in which pr- practitioners seek to receive psychic or prophetic information during dream states. The term onerogen com- commonly describes a wide array of psychoactive plants and chemicals ranging from normal dream enhancers to intense dis- dis- uh, uh, dissociative or deliriant drugs. Events experienced with the use of onerogens may include microsleep, hypnagogia, fugue states, rapid eye movements, REM, hypnic jerks, lucid dreams, out-of-body experiences. Some onerogenic substances are said to have little to no effect on waking consciousness and will not exhibit their effects until the, the user falls into a natural sleep state. Is it salvia? That's the same salvia. I think that is salvia that? is the same salvia that um Mac warned us about. You just don't smoke it. Do they smoke it for as an onerogen? Onerogen. I don't even know how to pronounce that word. And onerogen. And the funny thing about this is this is so niche that a lot of people will not. Ona- I think it's onerogen. Onerogen. Yeah, onerogen. that would. Yeah, that sounds better. Like adaptogen. Okay. Um, it's the same. Salvia is not for dreams. It's like a weird, like twisted eye. But it might affect your dreams later, though. Any? But th- mean, that's I'm the thing. That. That's the thing about onerogens. I don't know. There's a lot of. I don't understand. I don't know too much about the formidable botany aspect of it. Maybe. And you know, this is not. Maybe it's like a tea. Yeah. Maybe depends on the way you take it. And it, okay, it says it is dim- dismissed by the scientific community and skeptics as being superstition. Experiments do not support the idea that dreams predict the future beyond the expectations of the person dreaming. Such claims of seeing the future have never been without their skeptical critics. Aristotle claimed out an inquiry into allegedly prophetic dreams in his On Divination and Sleep. He accepted that it is quite conceivable that some dreams may be tokens and causes of future events but also believe that most so-called prophetic dreams are however to be classified as mere coincidences where democritus had suggested that emanations from future events could be sent back to the dreamer aristotle proposed that it was rather the dreamer's sense sense impressions which related which reached forward to the event or neurology let's also talk about that um uh, okay dream logia you know that is a study of is a scientific study of dreams current research seeks correlations between dreaming and current knowledge about the functioning of the brain as well as an understanding of how the brain works during dreaming as pertains to memory formation and mental disorders the study of onerology can be uh, uh, not even yeah on a Onerology can be distinguished from dream interpretation in that the aim is to quantitatively, quantitative, I don't even say this right, quantitatively study the process of dreams instead of analyzing the meaning behind them. Oneromancy is a huge field. There is oneromatic, oneromantic literature, onerogen substances, occult practices, psychonauts, and onerology on neurology and then we just talked about it. and don't forget the biggest forum on the lovers of lucid dreaming 
And by the way, apparently in Sufis, they have this down to a T, to a science. They divide dreams into three basic possible categories. One, stuff that has already happened, presented in, in symbol form. Two, stuff that is about to happen, also present in symbolic form. And three, messages from the God or angels telling you to do stuff. So that is the intro to onirology. Uh, and I mean to oniromancy. So oniromancy is divination. Oniromancy is the scientific process. I mean study of the process of sleeping. So now let's go to just talking about dreams in general. About um, dreams we've had. Interpretations of those dreams. Um, man there's a lot. Nightmares, dreams, lucid dreams. I think let's talk about specifically. I can remember a dream that was consistent i mean let's do this let's make this more of a spiritual episode i guess we don't have to talk about the scientific process processes behind it because let's be honest super niche field and i don't know much about it i mean and that's a funny question to to bring why do we sleep if you ask anybody why do we sleep um it's not such a cutthroat answer a lot of people just say it's the store information and that's really it. I don't see much study into it. I think mostly because it's not funded well because, I mean, there's no need, immediate need for this research to be proven or disproven. Or, But um, I, can give, I can give you a personal, personal dream. The most consistent dream I've ever had was, I mean, at a negative time in my life, I dreamt about sharks, right? And... I don't know if I think we talked about that in the first episode, but um, the lost episode. The yeah, the lost might, episode. Maybe to be found. <laughs> we might post it. This was back then when we were in early in the podcast game, but um, essentially, I used to have this dream about sharks eating me alive in the sea, and I could feel myself dying and slowly drifting away into uh, nothingness. Pretty n- nightmarish, almost. When I was in a bad state in my life when I was stressed out or when there was something that I was just not happy of, happy with. And it was very consistent. This dream I've had it very often. I've, often I've had this dream. That's one of the, I guess one of the nightmares that I've had, but I also had dreams where I, you know, run away from these sharks and then escape them. I've also had good dreams that are very consistent where, um, I'm at a beach and there's golden sands and beautiful tidal waves and I feel at peace. I guess and also another and there's a crazy part where I had a dream where I was on a pier on I I guess at the beach and I was looking down and I could see like sharks circling around but it's weird I was like consciously aware that I was relieved I'm like damn I am so lucky that I'm not with those sharks down there. So that is like the most consistent dream I've ever had. Where's the like symbolic prophecy in it though? Like what after that what happened that made it Oh no no, no. I don't I don't want to think I don't think I've ever had any prophetic dreams like that. The only prophetic dream I ever had I'm just explaining dreams in general. Ah, uh, I thought you were speaking yeah, yeah. to the one romance aspect of it. Mm, the only Onero critic dream I've ever had was when I was um, 
like I told you about this girl I really liked, right? I was in, uh, I went to camp with her. It was in a different city, you know. It was like, um, I'm not gonna name the city, obviously, but it's up north. Um, it's really far away. So I really liked her a lot, and then um, I ended up having a dream about her, obviously, because that's what happens when you're young, right? And I saw her at the mall right after I had that dream. Like the what, night before. What happened in the dream? The dream was just, I just saw her. I just saw her in it. And then I saw, I don't remember too, you know, too well. And then you ended up seeing Yeah, and her. ended up seeing seeing her. And I was too chicken shit okay. to talk talk to her. I think that would, yeah, that ties in. And here's, here's the weird thing about this prophetic dream. The city that I saw her at was a lot farther away from, like the probability of seeing her after having that dream was pretty low. So the the fact that I actually saw her was pretty crazy. I think that could fall into it. So that was a prophetic dream. Another prophetic dream would be like the one where I told you about in the first episode where, you know, there's a South American mother who, you know, her, she had a dream that she, no, she, her, her dead son came to her in her dream and told her that you're going to have a, a, a male son soon, Right. And she did ha- end up having a male son. I I do have that reminds me now of similar some close members of my family who had similar prophetic dreams. Prophetic dreams. Ooh, interesting. Like being visited by someone in their dreams right before they died and like that is that that is creepy that is creepy telling in the dream telling them that like pretty much i'm gonna die and then they died and like no reason that they were going to die wow other than i mean i guess old age but yeah that's pretty it's pretty crazy i'm not a superstitious person and i think the last episode we talked about like um i'm not either but entertaining ideas but what i the person it came from i would Never doubt that it's true. Like, there's no doubt that I'm on Aristotle. About that, I'm on Aristotle's side that um, I think it's mostly coincidence. But at the same time, I do believe that there is something to it. That maybe you're. I've I've heard it's that you're conscious enough in your dream to know about what could happen. It's the ones I more so are the death ones because I've heard this happening to other people as well, being like. Vis- or having a dream prior to someone dying. That's the thing about the... Like um, you feel something's off, like someone's like someone's going to die. You dream about someone, and maybe it's like almost literal, and they tell you in the dream, or you just have a feeling about someone in a dream, and then it, something bad ends up happening. I've heard a lot of cases like that, and I, I'm inclined to, to believe there's something to that. Well, I think that... First of all, I think it's coincidence, but I think also that you're somewhat aware in your in your dreams. For events, I would say it's coincidence. For people, well, I, I'd have to know a lot more background. But what I'm gonna say is that I think you're also conscious that of things that may happen. The thing about dreams is that there, that I think there's, there is, I, um, I think there is scientific proof to say that. There is a relationship with um, the subconscious and the um, the real world kind of seeping into your dreams. Like you may, a lot of the times people dream of something that is happening in their life that kind of 
seeps into their dreams. Like if you're really stressed about money or yeah, your life, that that you will have dreams that are probably nightmarish. Yeah, I think that happens to everyone. And then yeah, ex- good example is people who have post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, let's just call it shell shock. Or anyone who's stressed. Yeah, if you're but I mean specific. But it's a lot know. more vivid if you have shell shock. If yeah, you, yeah. If, if you're just like if you're not stressed, you wouldn't dream. If you're stressed, it gets more extreme. If you got some PTSD, I guess it. Would, I would assume it'd be even worse. Yeah, more extreme, more vivid. So that's what I'm saying. That there are some states while you are. Say, I guess states in the. I want to. I don't want to call it like real world, but yeah, I guess our world. But that's not on a romancy. Well, on aromancy is divination from dreams, but also, you yeah, know, the so interpretation of dreams. So we can interpret dreams as well. It, from the definition I read, it's not. But, I mean, not just interpretation, it's but it's pre- also. It's predicting, <coughs> practice of predicting the future through the interpretation of dreams. So yeah, there has so to be something. It has to lend it's something it, that impacts the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, that is, you're just stressing and, like, it's, like, symbolic of your stress. But it doesn't mean, like, oh, this means this is going to happen. That's why maybe I want to say on neuro- neurology, but on neurology is this, the study of the process of dreaming. It's all very, um, there's a lot of minutiae. But what I'm talking about is dream analysis in general. That's the dream analysis in terms of Jungian psychology. Because Jung, Jung was also interested in analyzing dreams to understand um, the psychological process of people, of his patients. So I guess I'm talking about it from that aspect. Well, that's just... Uh, I'm just trying to simplify it by saying Onaromancian. Psychoanal- yeah. analysis. Yeah, exactly. Which is... Which is yeah, that's different. So, <clears throat> yeah, in terms of prophecy, like, I mean, it is prophetic. It has to have some sort of future um, premonition, foretelling. It has to impact real life in some way, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Did you guys ever hear that? But I don't. Story? The reason why I don't talk about it is because there's not many I, I have a, an example of. I have a, an example of dreams in general where I, sh- I can give it like a sci- psychoanalytic aspect, but that's really the only onerocritic dream I've ever had. The one I told you about. Did you guys ever hear the story of the uh, the guy whose uh, daughter died? No. Tell tell us. Okay. So this guy, his uh, his daughter died. Uh, she was older, like sixteen or something. Got in a car accident, died. Uh, and then they had the funeral and everything. <clears throat> uh, and then he started having these f- just horrible dreams uh, where she'd be, um, uh, the first one she was like standing in the rain just screaming for her dad to help her. Uh, obviously pretty terrifying. They just got worse and worse. And she was like, it was flooding and she was stuck in a flood. And then she was like underwater screaming for help and all this stuff. I know this story. And okay. it was so it was so traumatic that the dad just felt that he had to to get her exhumed like something was wrong so <clears throat> they uh he he got it digged up dug up dug up the coffin and uh and it was flooded in there the coffin was uh, submerged in water so they they moved the coffin and uh yeah then the dream stopped yeah i've heard about what is that what what is the name of that like event i, I don't know i can't look at that <laughs> i wanted I to look either, it up i've heard that yeah that's a yeah. it's a relatively uh, relatively popular story, I think. Have you ever had a kind of a prophetic dream, where something um, you dreamed was going to happen and it did happen? In a way, um, prior to my daughter being born, um, by actually like a couple of years, um, actually I had a dream about her. Um, it was a kid 
This is even before I was with my uh, ex-wife. Uh, yeah, I had a dream. I was with a kid, and uh kid had a certain look. Yeah? Yeah, no doubt. Genuinely. You know, I had and a dream. So, so as soon as, as, soon as my t- ex-wife got pregnant, I said, oh, it's a girl. I, I knew for an absolute fact. Everyone around me said, you know, no, it's a boy, it's a boy, it's a boy. That's strange. You know why? I also had... It's weird because you just reminded me of that right now. You had a dream of my daughter too? No, no. I had a dream of, of my future child too. It's weird. It, yeah. The it's, he, uh, it's, yeah, it's something I've, I've also. Very um, strange. Cause I've, you know, I've, had, weird, I've recently yeah. had another dream of a male child and, uh, yeah. So we'll find out if I'm, if I'm two for two on this one. I've got a, I got a fiance step one <laughs> done. So if I pump out a little, little junior. Mac Jr. <laughs> then I uh, will see. But yeah, the, the the one it was it was really strange because it was such a like most of my family was really convinced I was gonna have a boy. Um and I I just was un unfaltering. Nah, it's a girl. It's a little girl. And uh yeah, when she was born, like I I've heard of people when their kids born, there's kind of a process where it feels kind of unreal and maybe like a month or two down the line there's something that's like, Oh, that's your kid. Nah, instant connection with this one. And then as she got older, I mean, she, I had no doubt that it was the same kid, but as she got older, she just grew into that, that dream kid that I had. So. Wait, so it looked, ex- she looked exactly like what you dreamed of? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she did. Like hair color and everything. Spe- specifically the hair color. Like the hair color was, was, it, it stood out to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I have a very similar dream too, but you know, what's the weird thing about dreams is like, Okay, I do keep I do keep uh, keep a dream journal, but sometimes I forget them. But then, when we talk about something like this, I like somehow remember them. You know what I mean? Does that ever happen to you? Uh, I don't keep a journal, but yeah, it like you just remember your dreams because you're talking about something that's related to it, but it's in your subconscious, and then it kind of like gets driven out forcefully. Yeah, the memories will come back. It's weird. Pop up, but um, for at least the ones I know I remembered for at least a brief time. So this is like okay. On our critic dreams, let's talk about dream themes. Like, have you ever had a, a dream? I mean, I kind of did this on accident already, but have you guys ever had dreams that are very like specific? They're reoccurring. Nothing long term, just periodic. What? A, um. But what is the periodic one though? I'm just curious. It's probably just a period of stress where I just felt like he's being chased. That's probably the most reoccurring one, Chase. Oh, that's the curious part about it. So I guess I'm going to look look at this from a, a neurological perspective. What age were you when you had these dreams? Um, From the earliest, when I was maybe like under 10. You know, that's, that's the interesting part about dreams, is that there is... Latest in my 20s. Interesting, because you know what? When you're a kid, you have very specific dreams and tend to be, you know, kind of, I guess, a little bit more childish. Like, you're afraid of something like specifically clowns. I used to have dreams about clowns in my dreams. It's more always just like a, it's a figure. Don't know who it is. Yeah. I assume it's a dude (laughs) and they want to kill me. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So my, um, you know, JC, I'm going to call, you know who JC is, right? I was talking about him, you know. With the cat and all that, I was telling him if you can accept your cat. Jesus Christ! No, GC, not <laughs> not JC. Oh. That's not you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay, so his dad, 
he was a very staunch um he's a staunch atheist now violently militantly atheist religiously atheist? <laughs> yes he's religiously he's a religiously atheist like and he doesn't go preach and try to like convert people into atheism or anything but he's just like very direct about it right but when he was a kid he was part of jehovah's witnesses witness right and it's very and from what he made it made it sound like it was very cultish at least in Salvador, and that's where he's from, El Salvador. So he said when he was a kid, he had a very disturbing reoccurring dream, which was um, he was being chased by the devil himself, like a a horned, red, angry monster just chasing him. And that's the crazy part. A lot, you know, your dreams are a manifestation of certain subconscious ideas you have to a certain extent. I believe, using my deductive reasoning. So that's the crazy part. I mean, for example, with me, the clowns, I remember I was really afraid of it and, and seeing the trailers of it and certain scenes of it, and it just disturbed me to my core, so I would dream of it. And you know, you know, there's an example with uh, people who are tra- uh, victims of trauma, you know, sexually abused, people who have PTSD, any, anybody with trauma, have, have um, it really affects their dream states too. So the correlation between that is very interesting. So and but it's not something so studied though really that's the crazy part about it I mean everybody dreams it's an important aspect of all of our lives but it's kind of neglected you know there's certainly the, the neurological um and analysis and um studies but there isn't a reason why we dream you know what I mean which I I think people don't and again I said this already in the podcast in this episode but probably because funding. You know, it's not immediately, we don't immediately need to know this answer, right? Like, uh, unlike some other questions in science. I think it's like, okay, it's a weird question, why we dream. It's like, almost like, why do we think? Yeah, but some people want to know that, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a weird urge, like, why do we dream? Like, what is the process? What What is the function, right? Just your brain. <laughs> but like do you running. don't have a but you don't have a clear answer, do you? Right? What? But I don't have a clear answer why we think. But no, we there is a clear answer why we think. There is a biological reason why. Um, hu- that's what you're that's because a dream. of the because it's of the thoughts. because we have a neocortex. We have a then that's a, a big bigger why that brain. Be, why wouldn't that be the same for dreams? Though? It's different because we understand um, why we think because the, the brain is studied more. Yeah, but what, what's the difference between that? And the me? difference between dreams is that it's a very specific niche question, whereas the, the study of the brain is more, um, it's more robust. It's more, yeah, but okay, because How we study, we've we've done surgery, we we know the inside and out, we know about the lobes, we know about a lot of aspects of the of the of the brain. Yeah, but okay, and it's more and it's more important because we need, we need to know that for neurosurgery. Okay, I I get where you're going with that, but the same, I can have the same mm-hmm. thoughts about my dream while I'm awake versus while I'm asleep. So why your dream is like why am I thinking then? To me, yeah, what's the difference? Because what you said didn't actually explain the difference to me. Well, maybe we can ask Mac. What do you think about that? What's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> He's been paying attention. Why we dream? Do you why think? Why do we dream? Yeah, why do we dream? That's a fucking big question. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. That's a big question. But to me, it's like. But it's more easier to understand why we think rather than why we we dream. I mean, but because dreams ma- are thoughts. Yeah, I mean, dreams are thoughts, but I don't. I don't are know. They? 
<laughs> are they? No, no, but they might not be thoughts. They might be different than thoughts. They might be because thoughts are more conscious. You know, uh, the dream is a, li- a lot more subconscious. But dreams they're, can be conscious. Yeah, but they're often not conscious. Usually, they're subconscious. Thoughts also are often subconscious. More, it's like I guess the inverse. No, I think I think thoughts I, are usually active. You, That's my are idea. Usually, but yeah, okay, it's like the inverse. Most thoughts are active but some are subconscious some dreams most are subconscious but some are more I, I don't actually i'm not really qualified to answer any of this but this is just what i from what my understanding is but i'm just saying that um i forgot what we, why we went on this tangent but i don't know just it's just not really funded you know whether um it's not funded regardless it's not but some people want to know about it you it's know it's been studied i'm sure if you look it up, it doesn't really give a clear answer. I mean, even the CIA did studies on it, though, on dreams. But it, we don't have a clear answer. That's what I'm saying. We don't have the clear, onerological answer. You know what I mean? Which is very detailed and gives ex- you know graphs and st- and. But look it up. Look it up if you don't believe me. No, and onerological answer. That's about like prophecy, though. That's not about like. No, no, no. Dreaming. It's our neuromantic. Our neurological is the process of the the neurological structure of, you know, the dream, right? The processes that go on the, in the, in the brain. Just a study of dreams. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's obviously more to dreams than just, just thoughts because I mean, like you have thoughts right now, but they're not as vivid. You know what I mean? You don't. Yeah. Dreams are, they're, they're tough, man. I think they're not just, they're not that understood as people think they, that we know. I don't think they're just thoughts. I, think I mean, I think it was, uh, there was... Because there's a lot more that goes into a dream. There's a lot of eidetic, like, phot- photographic... I want to say it was the... Uh, this, uh, Look it up. This tribe in, the, uh, in one of the aboriginal tribes of Australia. And they talk about that, the, the dreamland. Like when you dream, you go someplace else. But I think, like, this is the, this is the most consistent answer I ever see about dreams is, why do we dream? One widely held theory about the purpose of dreams is that they help you store important memories and things you've learned. Get rid of unimportant memories and, and, and sort thoughts, complicated thoughts, and feelings. Research shows that sleep helps store memories. But that's but notice how they use memories instead of th- thoughts. Because I think there's kind of a difference between a memory and a thought. A memory is subconscious where the thought is more active. That's the way I see it. Yeah, it still doesn't change it that much, right? Because I think of thinking about memories. Yeah, you know, it gets very metaphysical like, when you say it like that. Yeah, it's it gives you it gets you fuzzy, huh? It doesn't seem that like a memory is something you have to think about at the same time. So even if you're thinking actively while you're awake, well, you could you could you could uh, experience a memory without really thinking about it. The only thing you just about see that's the whole, that's what I think a dream is really. Like you experience the memory without actually thinking about it. Just yeah, kind of. You can it just, do that when you're awake too. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do it? To think about something. Wait. To. No, but not think, but feel it. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> this is like. This sounds like a weird like a uh, stoner stoner conversation. Like no, legit all the time. I don't know. That's why maybe. Maybe it's how do you explain it though? How would you explain it? Just tell me. Explain. How do you feel? Like what? What I just told you. What you just said. Like, explain it. 
to <laughs> like the pro the process I, you do I, it. Say, say it again. Say it one more. You time. know me even saying it is just just repeat it so I can make sure I'm on the right. Okay, so we're talking about memories, feeling memories, mm-hmm. without actually thinking actively about it, right? How do you experience it? It just and comes. The, it just comes. But that's kind of how a dream is, right? Yes, it, that's what I'm saying. It just comes while I'm awake, the same way it comes like in a dream. But there's the difference though when you're when you're while you're asleep, because wh- 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 whereas when you're awake, right? I think when you're asleep, you just embrace it more. Maybe that's what I'm you're saying. Sleeping there's and you're comfortable. <laughs> That's all I can say, and there's no real there's a, distraction. There, that's so there is sort of, sort of a difference. There's a more of a convergence of certain things, yeah, aspects. I think, I think it's just the... The sensory aspect. That's the, what I'm saying. That the there factor is, of like less distraction, open distraction. Yeah, so I'm saying that the, that's probably what's missing, is that the um, sensor, the, sen- the maybe, ple- I guess, pleasure? Some more sensory um, overload, almost. Yeah, but that... Yeah, that's the difference, but it doesn't make it different no no it's the same thing happening just less yeah sensory overload yeah but anyway um i would did we did we already talk about nightmares we already talked about nightmares not now i mean did i what about didn't i asked i talked about my nightmare with the sharks and stuff but i asked you about any and that's where we got um where we got um confused again i don't see myself having any nightmares anymore in the future yeah i think that's the that's the weird thing about nightmares when you're um when you're a kid you i feel like i had them as an adult but i know why yeah because you're stressed i think a a lot of fears i used to have i just don't even like do you don't bother me anymore what fear did you you used to have any type of fear i don't fear things anymore i don't even like fear dying i I, I think so wait, wait, so wait a minute. You don't fear dying. So if somebody's robbing you and they have a gun at you. You're not gonna react. <laughs> no, because <that's> <laughs> I want to blast someone. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't want to die. I just don't fear. Yeah, dying. I, yeah, I get. <laughs> uh, no, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. No, I, I think you accept the inevitability <sighs> of the end. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had nightmares as an adult, but it doesn't it doesn't have that lasting. Like you're able to understand that it's a nightmare. Yeah, but even I've I've had times, I've had times where I woke up, and this is probably the worst. And this is as an adult, if I have a nightmare that I I remember, I'll generally wake up, and I may just be like, oh, okay, well that was a nightmare, and I, it it doesn't really do a lot. I have had instances where I wake up from a dead sleep, and I don't remember why I woke up. And all but I know you is, feel the chills that something well, happened. All I know is that I'm scared. No, I had, I had, like I, I've I had just, that too. I sit up and I'm looking around, and right. I don't know why. I just know that I'm scared. And yeah, those yeah, ones yeah. I have a hard time. That's going back that's to happened sleep. to me too as well. I, I have I a hard time going right back to sleep. But I I've think, never had that. but it, what it sucks. But what you have, I think, makes sense. Why you don't have nightmares? Because I think when you are, um, I don't know what the word would be for this to, I guess, tolerate and accept. That you don't fear anything. I think there was a certain no because some things I just like like you don't like you don't brain, sweat it you don't sweat it, it anymore. It click that certain things are irrational. So yeah, I, I get it. Like get there's it no it. point of worrying and stuff. If I go, I kind of sort of have to go back to like the edible situation. Like ah, we're going I, back to edibles. After I rationalize that, and I knew that episode like, was a good good reason to post it. I think that's part of the reason why. It's just like, why was I freaking out? And after you like break through a certain, I don't know, like mental 
block. It just doesn't like freaking out in your regular life. Yeah, I don't do that. So you so you feel like when you've stopped doing that, your dreams became peaceful. Like you you've had no nightmares after that. I ha- I mean I've had bad dreams, but it's just like oh whatever. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But you it's just more like there's a difference between a bad dream and go, a nightmare. I think it goes from like a nightmare to a movie. Is the mm. best way I can explain it. It's like, like bad, bad dreams, but it feels more like I'm watching a movie, not that I'm freaking out and experiencing it myself. I don't think I've had a real nightmare, actually, now that I think about it. I've had definitely like creepy dreams, dreams that are, but I never felt like terrified to the point where I wake up and I'm sweating and I'm like, my heart's beating really fast. Because I think uh, that's that's like the, the actual nightmare like some people have. Yeah, maybe I've never had that. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had. I can't think. But I'm like so, anytime it's like, I'm usually so conscious of like, oh, this is a dream. Yeah. It's bad, but it's like, okay, let me just like enjoy it in a way. It's like enjoy the fear even a little bit. Like, I think I'm I know being what you, chased, but I, like, you know I used go to, along with it's it. It's weird because I, I had that consciousness too. For example, like, you know how I told you about the clowns? That's like, it's not lucid dreaming, but. In my dreams, but I'm you're somewhat, very conscious. No, no, I know I know what you mean, because that happened to me once. When I was dreaming about the clowns, I used to have that when I was, like, really young. But when I started getting older, I'm like, this is a dream. I have con- control over this. I have the power. So I just, like, did, like, a, I don't know, I did it, like, a giant, like, flip or something, and then realized I had the power. Isn't that, that that's kind of weird. You, yeah. Yeah, you know? Like, Even, you, you become conscious, and you're like, hmm. And that kind of happened to me when I was on the edibles too. At the at certain points, it was like fluctuate fluctuating. I was like, "Wait a minute, this is not real." And then I'm like, "Wait a minute, this could be real though." That I'm like dying. This feeling, it's weird. It's kind of similar to the dream almost. Mm-hmm. Even to the point with like sleep sleep paralysis. Oh, I've never had that. I've had it multiple times. The last time I had it, it was like. But was it bad though? Were you like were you kind of freaking out? The f- not the last time, no. The the times before that yes but the last time i ever had it i was so conscious that i i, 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 I get broke it through it so quickly i get it like too. you were like you had the stoic indifference you're like yeah, it's you're like, detached it's like it de- very detached it's like okay, i get it. I know what's going on it's just like okay this sucks but you were able to see this from like an outside perspective almost like you weren't involved that, that's how like all my dreams mm-hmm. are now yeah yeah all. i get it too yeah and i feel like when you're a kid though it makes sense why you would maybe an oneirological perspective, like maybe a more scientific explanation is when you're young, you tend to be more fearful because you don't understand, you don't have a firm grasp of the world. I mean, for and a lot that, of people, it carries well into adulthood. Oh, I guess I'm talking about certain um, groups then, at least for that specific group. group. For the week, no. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. I don't want to, I don't want to say that. That is a hurtful word. Um, but um, for those groups, they tend to, you know, feel that way. And then once they get older, you know, you start becoming more rational. You start understanding the world. Then you start realizing that this isn't real. And I mean, not that it's not real, but more like you're understanding that it is just a dream and that you're more log- logical and you can better assess the situation. You don't feel the fear that's irrational. You know, that's the way I see it. And that you went through that process. But some people don't. Yeah. I guess it depends for everybody, you know. Some people's yeah. personality also affects. That's what I think as well. And we're not scientists, but I'm just saying these are our ideas, you know, based on our education, based on what we studied. I mean, psychology and 
biology. Um, yeah, some people just, um, their personality has to do with it too. I think some people who are more um, neurotic tend to have dreams. For example, my mom, she's really neurotic, right? She's always worrying. And she actually had a dream of me um, committing a crime and then the police coming for some reason. And she asked me, she asked me, are you doing anything weird? I was like, no. I was like, well, I had a dream that the police came into our house because you did some committed some crime and they put you in cuffs. <laughs> when was this dream? That, that was a few uh, a few months ago. <laughs> she told, and it's funny because I was, it, it was kind of prophetic because I was like, wait a minute, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, I didn't so do like, a crime. So <laughs> I was just joking. I didn't do anything <laughs> illegal, but you know what I mean, like. No, no, but I think personality affects it because your personality is more. Uh, I think this the conscientious, which I think that is more um, objective, hardworking. Then some some people are more um, introspective and sentimental. You know that they may have more vivid dreams. Some people are more neurotic, therefore they might have more nightmares. So there's the weird trans translate translation between the conscious world and I guess the subconscious world certain kind of kind of yeah no i'm not trying i'm not trying to be too abstract about it i think so it's the same way if you're i think it works the same way as like when you're stressed you might have yeah dreams that relate to that same way if your personality is a certain way it will affect kind of how you handle dreams yeah for example like these past five years i i personally they have not been good to me and that's for different reasons mostly my fault but i've had worse dreams so makes sense but um talk about your sleep paralysis what is what, what was the worst case you had of sleep paralysis it's there's a there's a film uh i don't know what it's called but it's like uh i can't remember if it's even if it's a guy or a girl but they go in for surgery you know they apply the anesthesia, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the person's still awake. Oh, I've heard pro- about that. Surgery performed on them. So that's it's how you like, felt. It's like that. You're trapped. You cannot move. But you're it's experiencing like, everything. It's like, I'm awake right now, but why can't I wake up? Wait, I've heard people, I, I don't know if this is like pseudo, you know, superstitious, but I've heard shadow people. You haven't seen that? That you, you've when, seen shadow people when you're experiencing sleep, sleep paralysis, paralysis. That you see shadow people and no. also that you hear voices no. and you hear like breathing by your ear no never. i have a creepy video to show you actually where some people have experienced that well and they can't move and they you know and they see and they and it comes to their ear and then starts like and it's very like from what i heard is like I think that's a combination between a nightmare and sleep paralysis that's no 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 so, yeah. so sleep paralysis actually in a lot of uh that's disturb. The that's the, disturbing to have. The thing that makes it weird is there. So sleep paralysis in a lot of European countries is called uh, um, hagging, hagging because it refers to the old hag that everybody just happens to see. So what they found is that most people who get sleep paralysis, the village Karen. Well, no, no. Most people who get sleep paralysis, they report feelings of extreme fear and terror and panic, right? Uh, a lot of them go even further and say that they feel there's something in the room with them, usually in the corner of the room or in the peripherals. <clears throat> um, and then some of them say, and then there's a really high percentage that says that they see the same like old, nasty, hideous woman that like climbs up on top of them and gets in their face. Yeah, that's the the nightmare picture. Yeah, 
But yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. John Henry Fuseli, the nightmare. Look it up. A, a lot of them feel it. They also call it the um, the choking ghost because a lot of times it's reported that the the old lady chokes you or pushes down on your chest and takes your air. Um, I knew a lot of people that uh, because one way that you know somebody's been sleep paralysis is the way they wake up, usually with a gasp, like they're. Ooh, out of breath. Yeah, yeah. So never had that. It's, it's all. I know a guy who got sleep paralysis almost every time he fell asleep. Ooh, that's not good. And he had some. Man, he told me some. Fu- like, cause he saw shit all the fucking time. The shadow people? No, not shadow people. Wave. So he would see like, um, he he said one time he fell asleep just in the dorm room in college during the day, and uh, he like he opened his eyes and he was paralyzed and he looked to the side and he saw the closet because he felt something he's like where is it and he'd grown up with this so he's used to it so he looked in the closet and he just saw this like rotten like dead foot hanging down and he's just like oh shit and so it just like all of a sudden it started sliding down like it was coming out of the top of the closet and this body just like falls out the closet and just starts crawling towards the bed right and it's fucking horror movie shit, right? And this guy lives with this like every fucking day. He's fa- falling asleep. And then, you know, there'll be some fucking gnarly thing doing like a crab walk on the floor by the bed. Start like grabbing the edges and pulling itself up and shit, right? Yeah, so it can get pretty fucked up. <laughs> and you know what? I've heard of uh, sleeping disorders uh, because of this, like fear of going to sleep because you... You're afraid of having nightmares. It's called um, sleep anxiety, and that some people have this, where they're afraid to go to sleep, and it just really destroys their life, and they they get they um, get insomnia. So it's actually a, you know it's a pretty terrifying thing, if you have nightmares that vivid and that you know traumatizing, to the point where you're afraid to fall asleep, and then you get insomnia in the pro. I don't know if you can get insomnia in the process, but. I imagine you probably will because you don't want to go to sleep because you're, you know, afraid of nightmares. Because for some people, it's traumatizing. Like, when I had that dream of the sharks eating me alive, like, it felt real. Uh, Everything felt real. The water was warm. The teeth sinking into your skin and ripping you apart. And, like, it felt like you were getting cut open with knives. And then you the blood gushing out of your body. And then you're slowly kind of feels like you're dipping into a warm bath and dying. And you're just fading to black. It's a very, very vivid dream. And also people who are depressed tend to have vivid dreams as well. And so one, uh, that is, I've heard of it at least. I'm not sure if it's true, but that people who are um, clinically depressed. So that means that they ha- might have to get medicine because of a, a, a crippling depression that is to the point where they can't function in life, that they get dreams that are extremely vivid like that. So it's a very interesting, like, I don't know, sleep is interesting now. I mean, everybody sleeps. There's something to it. And I think there's something to the oneromancy. I don't know what it could be. I don't understand it too well. But I think even if you don't really believe in the superstitious or mystical aspects of the divination from dreams, I think definitely if you if you put if you get a dream journal and you start recording your dreams, you might see some pattern. And that pattern may be indicative of something that's going on in your life and your real life. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy? Wet dreams. 
Oh, like you had. I was trying to. I was trying to stop the wet dreams. How you can nut in your sleep without like being touched? No, no, that's that's pretty wild. Yeah, I wanted to avoid this, and I had a feel <laughs> for some reason I knew you were gonna bring this up, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to end this. Since we did all the other types, we might as well do wet dreams. No, but it is pretty crazy. That's to pretty think. crazy. That is really crazy, actually, and also people who pee in their dreams. Did you know? Apparently, psychopaths like pee makes more sense than nutting in your dream. But do you know that? Did you hear that people who pee in their in dreams, they people? I think people who wet keep wetting the bed till they're older. Uh, I heard that a lot of them tend to be psychopaths or serial, not not necessarily serial killers, but psychopaths. I don't know what the connection is, but that's something interesting. Yeah, if you look up bedwetting at at, at an older age, a lot of serial killers tended to wet the bed when they were older. Might turn me into a serial killer if I. I'd, I'd be pretty upset at the world. How old? <laughs> <laughs> And I don't. I, I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna look that. Up. Yeah, because if you look, bedwetting serial killers. And I, I think I mentioned it before with you. Wow. Yeah. If you look it up, you'll get the McDon- McDonald Triad, the McDonald Triad, also known as the Triad of Sociopathy, or the Homicidal Triad. Triad is a th- is a set of three factors that that. Uh, the presence of any two which are considered to be predicted of or associated or associated with violent tendencies, particularly with related to serial offenses. The, the triad was first proposed by psychiatrist J.M. McDonald in the Threat to Kill, a 1963 article in the American Journal of Psychiatry, small-scale studies conducted by psychiatrist Daniel Hellman and Nathan Blackman, and then FBI agents John, John E. Douglas and Robert K. Ressler along with Dr. Ann Burgess, claimed that substantial evidence for the association of these childhood patterns with later predatory behavior. Although it remains an influential and widely taught theory, subsequent research has generally not validated this line of thinking. The triad links to cruelty to animals, obsession with fire setting, and persistent bedwetting past a certain age to violent behaviors and particularly homicidal behavior and sexually predatory behavior. However, the other studies claim to have not found statistically significant links between the triad or violent, violent offenders. Further studies have suggested that these behaviors are actually more linked to childhood experience of parental neglect, which I yeah makes would make more sense. Brutality or abuse. Some argue this in turn result in homicidal prone, proneness. The triad concept concept as a particular combination of behaviors linked to violence may not have any particular validity it has in it has been called urban legend an urban legend so but there is something to it whether or not it is true it shows neglect and neglect is something real that affects children so that's all i'm saying i you know here's a good one so i peed the couch the other day (laughs) <laughs> you, mad, really. you mad you no, madman no so I, I, did, I, I i fell asleep on the couch it's kind of embarrassing uh whatever um yeah i like fell asleep and i remember i was having a, a dream which i don't i don't remember my dreams a lot but you know this is a pretty vivid one and you know like those get into an aromancy well you know those like weird um uh, like computer what are they called steam games you know <laughs> steam games what about them you know the ones that like it's like the 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 scary ones, right? The horror games. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. So it's not super high budget, but you'll be like in a house in like suburbia, but there's no one around and it's super dark and shit like that. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. So I left the house and I, I was doing something. And it was kind of scary, but I had to pee real bad. So I fucking, uh, like I went outside the house and I started peeing on a fence, but I kept looking around cause I was like, man, I feel like something like watching something, you. Oh, I felt something, something's wrong. Something's weird. Something's wrong. <laughs> and I fucking opened my eyes on the couch and I'm like, Oh shit. Fucking reached down real quick. I jumped yeah, up. This is the. I jumped up real quick and I was like, "Oh fuck!" But luckily, there was a bunch of blankets and shit on the couch, so it wasn't bad. So I got the fucking uh, the carpet spray, the stain remover, and I instantly like ran and I'm I'm running and doing this shit right and fucking spraying it and I scrub it with a brush, and I take a fucking uh, like I scrubbed it fucking shit out of it, and then I took a what's it called a an iron like a clothing iron. Just like steamed the piss out of it, like <laughs> like I steamed it till it was dry, and then I fucking like washed my clothes. It was super embarrassing, but literally ever since then, it's been the weirdest thing. Now, like whenever I take a piss, there's like this moment of looking around, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, this feels so weird. Like it feels wrong for a second, and so I, I've I've just and it feeds into a childhood fear that I've had literally since I was a kid. I'm I'm talking like little kid, where I felt that. What if I was in a coma and all this was a dream and I was just like, when I went to the bathroom to take a shit or take a piss, I was just like shitting in my bed, in my coma bed. And it ties into that. It's like reawakened it really hardcore because I'll be peeing everywhere and I'll just, like, you know, wherever. And I'll just be like, huh? I'm like, am I dreaming? <laughs> Some Inception shit. Oh, and speaking of Inception, my, well, there's something very consistent. My, uh, my buddy, GC, I'm, that's all I'm going to call him. GC used to have um, dreams where he was like conscious he was in a dream. He was like, wait a minute. I know I have to kill myself so they can, I can wake up from the dream. So he literally threw himself out the window to see if he would die. I mean, to kill himself, obviously. And then he would wake up and he's like, shit, I'm in the kitchen again. Am I actually awake though? <laughs> so he had a weird like dream within a dream. And then he would go kill himself again. Like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm still in the fucking dream. I had one very similar. It was very normal. Yeah. But, like, I woke up, and I could have swore I was awake. You know, oh, my God, that is disturbing. Because, you know, you could actually kill yourself if you really think about it. It felt so real. This was, like, the most recent, like, weird dream I had where it's, like. Ah. Like, because I'm in the dream, and I'm, like, wake up. And I'm, like, oh, I woke up. Maybe and I wasn't fucking. Yeah, yeah. I was not awake. But do you? You know, it's funny because they said, "Look at your hand. If you if you only have four fingers, you're in a dream." But you don't even think of doing that though, or looking at the clock. So these little trips, they the little tricks they say, it doesn't work. It was weird. I would like to have that again, just to kind of maybe get a better grasp on it. But dreams are interesting, man. I just, I mean, we have to dream. I mean, we don't have to dream, but I'm just saying, like, keeping the journal. I mean, it's something interesting. Lucid dreaming is the coolest. Yeah, lucid dreaming. Anyway, Parabellum? Parabellum. Yeah, I'm done. See this packet. Parabellum. <laughs> 